Hey there, I'm glad you found me again. It's Blitzen with Bubblegum. This is about football stuff, and I am Bubblegum. I think today's uh, stuff that I'm going to tell you is going to be really good. And once again, I'm sticking with the AFL again this week. Here's the scoop. We bandy and throw around the word hero in the sports um, way too many times. And often we use it without knowing uh, if the person we are bestowing with the word hero, mantle, has the character traits that go along with it. We are invested emotionally in our teams. And when a player completes the winning play or any good play, we say he's the hero because he did something good for our team. Well, we're going to get into the Wayback Machine, and we're going to go back to 2017 when Hurricane Harvey, remember that one, slammed into Houston with devastating results. And stepping into the arena wearing his superhero cape with number 99 on it is our hero, J.J. Watt. Now we're going to go back even a little further. There are three Watt brothers, J.J., Derek, and TJ, and they are fiercely competitive with each other and on the field, and then they should be. They're professional athletes. They need to be competitive. But sometimes when you're watching teams or individual people, um, either on the field of football, baseball, uh, Olympics, you, you ask yourself, where, where did they get this competitive nature? And what sets them apart as a superstar? Well, maybe you don't ask those questions, but I do. And once I ask, I, I want to find out more about these people. Sunday, September 27th was uh, week three of the NFL 2020 season when conference rivals the Steelers squared off against the Houston Texans and three brothers stepped onto the field and it was special. Think about it. Three brothers playing together Two on one team, the Steelers, and one on the other, J.J. Watt. For this reason alone, uh, I liked watching the game. I wanted to see them all on the field doing what they do best, being competitive and wanting to win. So after the game, I sat down and, and I told my sons, I want to know more about this family. And what I discovered in football land made me really happy. First of all, it has to be mentioned that these guys have an incredible brotherhood bond, and it really is unshakable. Uh, they grew up in a pretty tight-knit family doing what brothers do. They played games, they got into squabbles, they beat each other up, but at the end of the day, they knew they were still brothers and they would have each other's backs no matter what. All three of these guys uh, credit their parents for setting an example of working hard, making those necessary sacrifices, and setting goals in order to achieve success. And like all kids, me included, we uh, resented all that when we were growing up. And as we got older and achieved some success in whatever endeavor we were doing, we came to appreciate what our parents did. But you know, there's something else. There's always something else in a recipe for success. There's a secret ingredient, an intangible or tangible particle that pushes the successful to continue to want to achieve. And in the case of the three Watt brothers, it was sippy cups with cranberry juice and Sprite, a deck of cards, 
and two spunky grandmothers. Well, now we're in that Wayback Machine, and we're going back to three little boys who sat at the table and played gin rummy with their grandmother, Chris Walzak, and their great-grandmother, Sophie Musewell. I mean, how special is that to have your great-grandmother around when you were growing up? Their grandmothers would get out pads of papers and pencils and decks of cards and their special drink of cranberry juice and Sprite. And then they'd put it into sippy cups, complete with straws and lids. Knowing the grandmothers, they didn't want these three rowdy boys spilling stuff. And rumor has it, they still use those sippy cups. And typical of grandmas, like myself, they kept the scorecards from every game they played put into a little chest with notepads and pencils and decks of cards just waiting for that next battle around the table. And, and I can relate to that. I, I think a lot of us can. I kept scorecards from playing Yahtzee with my kids because we wanted to look back and winning gave us bragging rights. Well, great-grandmother Sophie Musewell rooted all of her life for her great-grandsons when they were playing to win. But when it came to rummy, she gave them no quarter. She was ultra-competitive, they said, all the way up to her passing at the wonderful age of 101. Well, that competitive nature definitely had to trickle down, and that trickle-down effect came and to her great-grandsons. And I can relate this part of the story as I lived with my grandparents and grew up playing games with my grandmother, telling me that she didn't believe in letting me win when I whined that I could never win. She'd simply smile and tell me I had to work and think harder. Well, that stuck and followed me into being competitive into sports and other endeavors. My grandmother, like the Watt grandmothers, took no prisoners. And for the Watt brothers, sit, sitting around that table um, with their sippy cups, playing a card game called Rummy, with your great-grandmother and grandmother, had to have become something more than, than just becoming competitive and beating your grandmothers or your brothers in a card game. I, I really feel that it became an arena for family and forming bonds that can't be shaken. It's memories and history that we get to share with our elder parents and grandparents. And for these brothers, I believe that spending time with family, with those strong women, including their mother, Connie, could not help but infuse a sense of caring for others and a deep respect for them and for caring and respecting others. Their learning experiences, I think, were multi-generational, and the wisdom imparted around that table influenced them as men. Yeah, there's still an underlying competition between the brothers, and you can see that when they get together. But at the end of the day, each one of them are happy for the other one and for their achievements. 2017, a hero steps to the plate. You know, in less than four days after Hurricane Harvey came on shore in Houston and devastated the area, J.J. Watt, who at the time was a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, raised more than $12 million for Hurricane-ravaged Houston. 
And to keep the donations from becoming a money grab, he was involved in every little detail of where that money went and what it was used for. He wanted to make sure that the trucks that his family put together in Wisconsin that came down the, the pike rolling with needed supplies, he wanted to make sure that it went to the people who really needed it. And, and you know, he was, and I still think he is, one of the um, NFL's most popular players. And he used his NFL platform for good by kicking off the campaign he uh, donated a very generous donation on his own, and he spearheaded a fee-free crowdfunding site. Thereby, he did not have to use a big charity with big operating expenses and hidden expenses. So when the NFL voted him Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 2017, he, he didn't take any of the accolades for the relief effort. He said he was just a guy that saw a need and organized the efforts. And he credited all the people who volunteered, who came up and helped. And, you know, I think this quote that he said says it all. During his NFL Walter Payton um, acceptance speech, he said in reference to Hurricane Harvey, there are so many people out there that want to help. We just needed somebody to organize it, and I was that guy. I'm just glad that I could use my platform to help. Well, here's a breakdown that came through, and I'm going to read this part uh, about the foundation facts that were released in 2019. To that date, to the end of 2019, his foundation raised over $37 million. It directly helped and funded to rebuild more than 1,183 homes in the Houston area. That foundation directly helped more than 971 child care centers to rebuild. It directly helped rebuild after-school programs that helped more than 108,000 kids. And it directly funded over 239 million meals which were distributed to victims of the hurricane. And you know, J.J. Watt's brothers, T.J. and Derek, are an integral part of his foundation, and they are there to help make sure that decisions are made and money sent to worthy after-school programs for youth. And, and you know, it's all about this, these stories that keep me in the football game. These players are human with lives beyond the gridiron, and they are respectful of the game and how it impacts other people when they use their NFL platform. Texans J.J. Watt's efforts to help the residents of Houston area after Hurricane Harvey, well, they're legendary, and his foundation continues to give back. And I can't help but believe that long after his stats are outdone by some other person ready to take the mantle of Defensive Player of the Year, he will be remembered as number 99, the hero of Houston. That's his legacy, folks. And, and, and you know what? It all started with a sippy cup and a deck of cards. Okay, I can't go on without giving you the team stats of point differential. These are my favorite stats, as you, if you know, if you follow me. In the AFL, it's led by the Colts at plus 39. The Colts, check that out, plus 39. 
followed by the Ravens at plus 35, and then the Chiefs at plus 31. The NFL sees the 49ers at plus 41, followed by Green Bay at 37, and then my Seahawks at 21. I want to give special thanks to contributors uh, that I looked up on the net, uh, Sarah Bobshop, Burt Pryor, and the USA News for digging up some of the information that I used. And thanks to you for coming by. May all your teams win, except when they play my Seahawks. See you next time. Thanks for stopping by.